morning, good afternoon, and good evening from wherever you're listening in the world to this podcast today. My name's Paul Webb. I am the founder of B2B Energy, and you are listening to Energy Speaks Back. morning, good afternoon and good evening and welcome to episode 13 of Energy Speaks Back. Weekly I present to you experts from around the world and today it's South Africa. Our subject today will be experience and collaboration. Our objectives are for energy experts to gain a good understanding of energy management knowledge from around the world which is available today to deliver savings that impact on our world. Today, I'm joined by an energy expert from South Africa. He has experience of providing training across the world and has trained and instructed with the United Nations. His work leads around compressors, pumps and fans. So without any further ado, I give you Barry Platt. So good afternoon, Barry. And how is South Africa today? I think it's a lot warmer than you are in the UK. <laughs> well, considering I've got no heating in my house today, it is probably a very much warmer than I am. So, Barry, it's nice to meet you. Um, first time we spoke, and I know you're based in South Africa. Again, you're one of my followers on LinkedIn, and um, you're an experienced energy manager, as I know, because we've both got grey hair. Um, and we've been in this, uh, been around the blog quite a few times. So Barry, please, for the, uh, the audience, tell us about your background. Well, Paul, I'm, I'm a mechanical engineer, um, but I've got a passion for energy. Um, one, of the things, one of the things I did in my final year at university was actually to design a wind turbine. Um, it's never been built. <laughs> my design was never built, but um, be that as may. Um, I've always had a passion for energy and uh, energy efficiency. So, what, 14, 15 years ago, I got started in, in the uh, energy management, or not energy management, really. In those days, it was more assistance with reducing energy consumption and identifying high energy users. Because one of the things in South Africa that we've had is we've had extremely cheap energy for many years. Um, and then all of a sudden it was going up by 10, 20% per year um, because the, uh, the energy supplier that we have was never serviced and never maintained. So it started failing. So the cost of electricity went up and it became, instead of just a bill that you paid every month, it became a major expense. Um, so companies uh, started with, with, with um, doing assessments on houses, did uh, small commercials, big commercials, up to industrial, then I started learning a lot more, um, teaching myself, and then going to international experts for learning on um, specific energy s systems. Uh, I, I focused primarily on fan systems and pump systems and energy management. And I qualified in all of those. And um, for the last couple of years, I've been teaching. Um, so I've had, as you say, been around the block a few times, kick the block under the bed eventually. And then, um, yeah, so um, at the moment, I'm, 
I'm basically trying to um, instill the, the knowledge that I've gained over the last 15 years um, and, and train up the younger guys who are coming through now who don't have the long, long years of experience, but they're very keen. And they see things from a, um, a new point of view, and they're also a lot more computer literate than I am. So uh, they, together we, with my experience and their um, uh, fast skills that they have now, um, it, it, it's a good team. When, where did you go to university? Was that in South Africa? Yes, in, in, in South Africa, in Durban. Um, it was, in those days, it was called Natal. It's now called KwaZulu Natal. So it's a um, different kind of place and a different era. Uh, I think the whole the whole country is a, in a different era than it was in those days. Yeah. And you talked about one of the drivers in South Africa is the cost of energy. Is there any uh, sort of view on um, emissions and and carbon regarding the management of energy now? Or is it just just purely cost? Well, it it depends who you're talking to, Paul. Um, they uh, if you're talking to um, energy people, um, the focus is more on emissions and um, carbon footprints and things like that. And we've actually, in the, in the last year, uh, carbon uh, credits have started coming in in South Africa, which is quite new. Um, but if you're talking to a business, the business wants the bottom line. You know, they're, they're looking for money savings. Um, so we, I, I almost try and sneak in the carbon savings um, in a business presentation. And, and also one of the things that um, I find that businesses really relate to well is that if they are perceived as being going green uh, in terms of saving energy, saving water, saving waste, being more sustainable, it, it improves their marketability as a company. And um, so I try, I try my best to try and drive that side of it as well. While, while I'm saving them energy, um, I try and help them understand the, the, the advertising potential for become, um, in fact, one of, the, one of my big clients is um, a winemaker. I was a winemaker, I'm finished working for them now, but, and they actually have benefited selling their wine into the international market, primarily because they could advertise the fact that they had reduced their, um, they'd gone more sustainable. They reduced the energy, they reduced the carbon footprint, they reduced their water usage. Um, they did all of that and that benefited them by being able to get into markets that they previously were um, not allowed to be in because they weren't doing all of those things. So the world is kind yeah. of forcing people to do things um, even though it's not necess always necessarily uh, money saving. Um, but generally it is. Uh, you know, if you if you're saving on emissions and carbon footprinting and things like that, you you can guarantee you'll be saving money somewhere. Exactly. What type of organisations um, have you been focusing on? Oh, um, well, the way that the way the business went, I mean, 15 years ago there was no energy business. Um, you know, so it's it's kind of I've grown I've grown up with the energy business as it's as it's sort of morphed into what it is today where there's quite a few energy managers around, um, all with different skills. I mean, there's guys who are doing energy management now who are accounting background and people who are um, statisticians and things like that who are coming into the business. But 
there's a lot of engineers like me. Um, but yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a very fast moving business. Um, and unfortunately, there's a lot of fly-by-nights coming into it as well now. Um, so-called experts who believe they, you know, after a year or two, they know what's going on. Yeah. But um, yeah. yeah, that's, that's we are seeing that in the UK as well, um, where people have decided to change their, their jobs into energy because it's an exciting industry. It, it, yeah. it has actually always been an exciting industry to, to work in. Um, and in some cases, areas where you can make significant amounts of money. Um, yeah. But by doing it right and continuously, you know. Um, and but, we are yeah. seeing different grades coming in. That's one of the reasons why I personally want to try and provide training to, to make people experts in this industry. Yeah. Well, to, sorry, to answer that question, um, at the moment, my pri primary clients are big industrial. Right. Um, those, those are the, I work in the energy saving field in that, in the, in that side. And on my renewable side, I, I design solar systems for whoever that, but they're mostly big systems there for um, agricultural, commercial, industrial clients. So the interesting thing with getting into the renewable side of, of um, the business was that it gave me the opportunity to reduce energy consumption before we added new energy sources. And I think that's a thing that a lot of people tend to miss out on they jump on the bandwagon of going solar um, producing their own energy but they miss out on the huge savings that could be made um, before they even start with the result that they could buy a much smaller solar plant <laughs> yeah that's something i like to focus on we spoke about this earlier about energy management being that journey and you know i've, I've had organizations wanting to um, install chps from day one um, and, you know, that's where en the energy then gets hidden. If you start hiding it under different generation, <laughs> you're, you're yeah. just spending all that money on the technology to deliver poorly managed energy in the first place. Yeah, it's a kind of like treating the symptoms instead of the cause, really, you know. Love it. So, I like that saying. Yeah. I might have to use it. I might have to steal that saying <laughs> on one of my posts. But you're, you're totally right. Um, it's when you size things and things need to be sized correctly otherwise the, the return on investment isn't going to be met yeah and then, no, exactly and then you go in and start doing energy management in the other areas and then you start having oversized systems and you don't get paid <laughs> enough money from the suppliers nowadays if you're going to export there's yeah. no point in exporting because it's a waste of money well, it's, 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 that's kind of a new industry for us in South Africa because um, we've only got one energy, one, one source. We've got one major utility. There is no other. You can't right. buy from multiple utilities, you know. Um, but that's changing slowly. Um, but effectively, the grid belongs to that same company. So feeding back into the grid has always been um, blocked by them because they obviously, you know, they want to sell as much as they can. Um, they don't want other people supplying, so they've made it quite difficult. But in the last month, in fact, I mean, we've got a lot of farming um, um, customers who want to install solar, but because farming is seasonal and um, they've got months in the year where they don't use any energy on their pumps at all, on the irrigation, 
um, the solar never worked for them. But right. in the last wow. month, the utility has changed their rules because we're running out of energy, we're running short, we've got rolling blackouts and things that are happening. Um, they've changed the rules now to allow feeding back into the grid, um, you know, where you can effectively, you can bank the extra energy you make, or you can use um, um, net metering. There's a few options that you can do. So it is, it is changing here. Um, but it's not like in the UK, for instance, you can buy from multiple suppliers. And yeah, yeah you can't yeah. do that. So is there multiple into the marketplace? Eventually? No. There's not well, No, it's just one utility. Right. So you either buy, you, effectively, you either buy from them or you make it yourself. You know? Right. But the problem is, in, in, in the area that I'm in at the moment, where I live, in the Eastern Cape, um, we can we can feed back into the grid at parity, um, but you can't go less than zero effectively. So you can bring your bill down to zero, um, but you can't you can't go less than that. And then there's when you're doing that, they charge significant service fees. Um, so you have to you have to do a few calculations to check whether it's actually worthwhile changing to a feeding in tariff or not, because you might find that the, the, the service fees. Um, outweigh the benefits of feeding back into the grid. Right. So you mentioned um, offline that you did a lot of training uh, around different countries. Can you tell us about your experience with that? Um, well, the United Nations have got a, um, a thing called UNIDO, which is United Nations Industrial Development Organization. You might actually pick them up on LinkedIn. Um, they've just started a new thing called the Industrial Accelerator, which is um, very has some very interesting stuff going on. But back in 2008, I think it was, um, UNIDO came to South Africa as an emerging market type of country and brought in to South Africa the best international experts in various fields. So we had the world experts in um, steam systems, compressed air systems, fan systems, pump systems, uh, energy management, um, ISO standards. We got all the best um, international experts into South Africa to train South Africans. And we were actually the first world, the first country in the world to follow this program. It's now, it's now been rolled out to, I think, 123 countries in the world. And the benefit for us was that we were trained by the international experts to become trainers. So, for, for myself, I focused on fan systems and pump systems. Um, and then being now a qualified international trainer in those two uh, disciplines, I was then sent by the United Nations guys to some different countries to go and train their trainers. So I went to Ukraine and we trained up guys there as experts in fan system optimization. I went to Colombia in, in South America to train them in pump system optimization, train up some experts there as well. I went to Tunisia the year before last year, last year to do some training there in fans and pump systems. So it's um, the experts that we train up, um, having been trained, kind of it goes down. So for instance, uh, our motor systems expert was a guy from the UK. Um, there were two of them came out. Um, and one of the guys was from the UK. And we keep in touch with those guys, you know, because they're the world like leading experts in their field. And um, 
So if I have a motor problem, I can get hold of that guy. You know, I know who to get hold of and um, they'll sort me out. Same with same with the pumps and fans and steam systems. The guy who came out here to do um, compressed air system expert training, a guy from Canada, is like the leading guy in the world kind of thing. And yeah. interesting guy who trained us in fans, uh, one of the trainers that is also a guy from the UK, but I mean, I think he's, I think he's in his 80s now, you know, and he's written many books. But what a brilliant guy, you know. I mean, he couldn't climb up a ladder and go and have a look at a duct in the roof, but, you know, he, he didn't need to anymore. You know, uh, he knew he knew what was there. So it was just a case of us trailing around behind people like this and gathering as much as we could, you know. And now, for me, I go to other places, and I, I now spout the same knowledge he called, told me. He told me stuff. I tell other people that stuff. So it's... Um, the word kind of gets out there, you know, and people learn from that. I think that does really work. Um, you know, the knowledge that we can disseminate through industry, you know, through social media, through training, I think it does, it is an important process of, of getting that knowledge out into the industry. Now, I've, I, I say this, and I've written this many, many times, there's not enough uh, experts or individuals out there delivering energy management and savings to actually achieve what we need to achieve. So we've got yeah. to share this knowledge. We've got to grow it. You know, the interesting thing is, Paul, is um, the guys in the guys in South Africa in this industry. Um, I can probably say there are ten of my colleagues that um, I kind of keep in touch with, and we share knowledge and things like that. But the other guys, they kind of get all competitive, you know, and um, yeah. they say, "Oh no, I'm going to do this job, not you," and now I'm going to get the money and. And it, it's for me, it's kind of sad that it, it's um, guys are there are people coming into the industry thinking they're going to make a lot of money. Um, I think maybe because I'm older, um, I tend to have a um, a different attitude. I, my attitude is more towards like saving the planet, <laughs> if possible. You know. I don't know whether it is an age thing, but I don't have competitors. I've never had competitors. I would pick the phone up and speak to a competitor and share knowledge and collaborate. You know, I think if everyone was to take on board collaboration, I think that would be better, you know, for yeah. your, you know, you've got 10 experts. Those other people may not be experts, but they could be experts if you was to all collaborate together. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it, I mean, ideally that's what you would like. You know, I'm doing, I'm doing a project at the moment with a guy and I said to him, you know, we need to collaborate on this because I know people who are really experts in this particular field that we're looking at. I know I know enough to ask a good question, but I'm not an expert in some fields. You can't be an expert in every field. And, and my, my certificates on the wall here say I'm an expert, but I'm by no means a real expert. I mean, I know what an expert is and I know I'm not an expert, but I know enough to ask the right questions and I know enough to know who to collaborate with who does know the answers to those questions. I mean one of this this bit at the moment is a it's a steam boiler system supplying process heating and we're going to replace it with um, solar thermal and pyrolysis. So I know guys who who understand those systems really well and we need to collaborate with them. Yeah. I I have another saying there's enough cake out there for everyone to have a slice. Yeah. yeah, there's plenty of cake out there. There's so there's thousands and thousands of organisations 
that need experts to go and help them make a difference. Yeah. Um, and I always say, you know, energy is your third largest expense. It doesn't matter where that building is in the, in the world. You're going to have that cost. Yeah. And you need to manage that cost. And it's easy to manage that cost. And when you've got experts around you to manage that cost, you know, you've got to lean on the experts because, you know, these organizations, they need to focus on, you know, you mentioned wine earlier. Their wine needs to be the best wine in their market. And the reason why it is the best wine, because they know what they're doing. They know how to manage that process. But what they don't know how to manage is, is the surrounding area, the, the, the office blocks, the lighting. And that's where yeah. we come into. Focus yeah. on your product and we're focused on the energy management. I you know, the, I think that the thing a lot of people, um, it's taken a while, but it's getting there now, is that one of the things you said earlier is that it's a journey. And um, when, you, when you engage with an energy manager or, or a sustainability expert or somebody who's working with you, you have to realize this is a long-term thing, you know. Um, like the one company that I'm working with now, I've been working with them for 10 years. Yeah. And... Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're slowly getting better and better all the time, uh, using less water, producing less waste, using less electricity. The electricity bill now is less than it was five or six years ago, even though it's gone up 10% per year. Right. So, you know, mm -hmm. over the period of time, the when you look at the, you know, you look at the baseline, which is effectively the kilograms produced per kilowatt hour used, that figure has gone down, trending down for years. It's been trending downwards. So, but it's not a quick fix by any means. You know, it's a journey. And um, one of the other things you mentioned earlier was that it's it's about relationship building. You know, and the, the, to get around the competitiveness of of other people, I find the best way to do it is to to build relationships with your clients. And, and that's the first thing I teach when when I teach anything any energy management or whatever I'm teaching, probably the first half of the day, I'll spend on just relating experiences and discussing how to build relationships with, with clients, especially engineers. You know, engineers are very wary. They think you're trying to sell them something. So, <laughs> but you know, once you build a relationship with those guys in, in, a, in a business, the doors open, you know, you say to them, can I have a look at your list of, motors in your storeroom let's have a look what is your what's your policy for for replacing motors or rewinding them they'll tell you that kind of stuff once you've built that trust and relationship but you can't walk in there and tell them i'm going to fix everything for you because you'll they'll show you the door <laughs> really quickly I, I always start is i'm and when i'm doing an energy assessment and i've got that engineer with me you know and i tell these stories every time this guy comes to me He's, he's probably got spanners and hammers all hanging out. He's pulled out, out of his pocket. He's got, you know, putty on him where he's been doing some plumbing work. He's running around fixing leaks. He's running around providing power or lighting to people. He's not expecting me to come to site today. He's not expecting me to say that I'm going to be there all day. He's not expecting yeah. me to say, I want you to show me round all day. <laughs> I want you to escort me. He's not expecting yeah. it. And he's not happy that I'm there. Exactly. On your, on, on your side. And the first things that will come out of my, you know, my, my vocabulary regarding what I'm doing with him is I'm on your side. I'm here to support you. 
um, regarding your energy management process. Now, he yeah. has probably got all the best ideas in that building. Absolutely. So I, I guarantee need, you. I need him to write a report for me because no one's listening. <laughs> but no one listens to him. You no, see. They don't. They no won't. But when I put his words in the report, they're going to listen to him because I'm the expert. And I'll tell him yeah. that and I'll work with him. Yeah. Yeah, I had but a guy. You know what you'll find also, Paul, is that if you don't come from that country, <laughs> it's like if I, me coming from South Africa and they don't know, they don't really know me or anything like that. Immediately, they've got a bit of respect. They think, well, this guy's an international expert, so you know, he must know something. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same. I mean, they know what they know what I know. It's, it's not rocket science. They know it. Well, I do have that. <laughs> have a little bit of a problem with the people that say Scotland, Wales, or you know, um, I've got to break those barriers because I'm English going into this area. <laughs> it doesn't take long. You know, um, yeah. break those and build the relationships. It doesn't take long. Oh, but it'd be easier for me. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah. Even though I might still, I'm, I'm sure I don't sound English enough to, to you know, I've, I've, I used to build machinery and I sold my machinery in Scotland and England and Ireland. And, um, you know, it's like being in a foreign country when you're in Scotland, you don't understand a word the guys in the factory are saying. Same in mm -hmm. Ireland. Even in Bristol, I don't understand what those guys were saying. You know, I understood the guys in Liverpool. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't work, I'm, I'm working in Newcastle and I've, I've had to ask them for a translator, you know, because <laughs> yeah. it just takes too far. But it's funny yeah. how I get into the zone. Eventually, I will get into the zone. Yeah, yeah. You know. <laughs> Harry, it's been really great catching up with you, you know, and, and meeting you today. Is there anything that you could give back as a takeaway to the listeners today? Is there something in your toolkit that you could feed back to everyone today? Yeah, well, my toolkit's so full. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't know which, which spanner to select. I think, I think for me, the, the most important thing is to, is to build up your technical knowledge so that you have an understanding of the systems that you're looking at. And then once you've done that and you go to the client, build a relationship with that person, build a relationship with that client so they they respect you. So they know that you do have that technical knowledge in your back pocket. And that when you go and ask them, how do you, you don't, <laughs> I always relate this one. You go to a factory and you say to the guys, I really, I would like to understand this process. How do you sort these oranges out? You don't go to them and say, but you're using the wrong kind of lights. They're very in energy inefficient. You shouldn't be using those. You say to them, let me understand your process and then let me bring my knowledge in terms of energy management and energy saving to your business and try and help you build, try and help you to do the same process, but better and more efficiently. That's what I'm there for. And that, that requires time. Sit and have a cup of tea, have a chat, understand their business, understand the, the difficulties that they have. Um, you know, do they have a problem with, with in uh, sort of their, their, I mean, I went to one factory and the phases were wired the wrong way around. So their motors all suddenly went backwards. You know, things like that. Do they have those kind of problems? Do they have tripping going on? And then we can 
start looking into things with them, you know. But it's all about understanding the, the, the client, understanding their business, building a relationship with them, and then getting them to understand what it is that you do, that you're not telling them how to do their business. You're explaining them how you do your business and how the two can then, uh, how you can collaborate and, and um, they can benefit from that. So that's, that's kind of my, my toolkit. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's my small toolkit. But I think that's the most key thing. The rest is, the rest is knowledge and, and experience. Yeah. Be patient, take your time. It is that journey. And journey one is just building that relationship from day Absolutely. one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's the same everywhere. Everywhere is the same. When I went overseas and I was in Colombia, I couldn't, I couldn't understand Spanish. I started to try and learn a bit of Spanish. Then you sit with the guys and you, you, you chat and you talk. And then you start talking about the business and you start talking about the equipment they use. And then it's a bit of Spanglish and English and Spanish. And it becomes fun. You know, you, you build that relationship and all of a sudden you, you've made that breakthrough uh, and you become... A, a collaborator with them, you know, with their problem. So once you break that barrier, energy management becomes a nice job, you know. It's yeah. uh, it's a really nice job. You know what I, I said to my wife once when, when you know, I've, I've been passionate about energy forever since, you know, I've been a mechanic. I started fixing car. I fixed my dad's car when I was about six, I think. I used to fix it. I had a few pieces left over when I was finished, but, you know. I became an engineer because I love mechanical stuff. And I became an energy person because I was passionate about energy. And I said to my wife, I said, I'm just so glad that I was able to get into this business before I died, because this is, this is what I love doing. You know? That's amazing. <laughs> you know, I didn't think I'd ever find someone on the same page as me because I just love the industry. I've been in the industry yeah. for 40 years, I can boast, because... You know, from the day I left school, I, I worked at a nuclear power station. I've done all the training and I've seen the energy get produced. I've changed the brushes on the alternator for the turbines. Yeah. I've changed the oil that go into the, um, the, the transformers. I've even changed the motors that fed the, the rods into the nuclear uh, reactor. I've taken the fuel, I've taken the rods out, I've taken the, put the rods in. I've, I've followed the whole process of, of energy with a nuclear power station from day one. That's my baptism. Yeah. But to do all that and then start to go at the other end and turning that switch on and off and seeing the impact of that, you know, because by flicking that switch, you've seen all yeah. that energy get wasted. Yeah. You know, that's, all that that's, work that's, into it. That's exactly what I'm saying. I've got the technical, technical background, but... I find a lot of people in the energy management business now don't have that technical background. But together with, if I've got an accountant, I mean, for me to do a cash flow analysis or work out a payback period using all these accounting methods, it's a nightmare for me. But I get an accountant person who's also keen on energy management and I teach them and they teach me. Yeah. And next minute, yeah. we've got a team which can go into a business and we can speak to everybody. We can speak to the CEO, the, the accountants, the, you know, everybody from, from the mechanic who fixes the things, I can speak to them. And the, and the um, accounting manager, the other guys can speak to them. So it's a kind of a team, it's a teamwork. And as you say, you know, if you, even from a nuclear power station or any kind of power station from the beginning, you see that's where the energy came from. 
Um, but where did it come from there? You yeah. know, and who's using it, and how much are they paying for it? You know, and, and are they getting are they getting a good deal? Barry, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for reaching out to me, and you know, thank you for for being on today's show. Um, it is a real pleasure. It's great to be talking across the world for yeah. someone who's on the same page as me <laughs> as well, which is even better. It's, it's made my <laughs> afternoon. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, me too. Thank you for your time, and be safe. Thank you for joining me today on this podcast and thank you for my special guest. Please go and check out our website on www.b2benergy.co.uk where you can see many more insights to how you can manage that third largest expense. Thank you. That just leaves me for one more thing to say. Be safe.